We hid between the vehicles on the street, watching as the spheres of light drifted in and out of the edges of the fog. Davo mumbled profanities under his breath and fidgeted with the knife in his hand. We have to get to the parklands, I whispered, away from all these cars and, and buildings. Davo nodded. Sure, but how? I cautiously looked around the street, with the crashed truck and all the chaos around us, I couldn't get my bearings. Then I spotted a familiar building, about half a block down from us back towards the city. I think I've got an idea, I replied. I glanced back at the churning fog. Most of the lights were gone. Maybe they'd moved deeper into the cloud? We need to move now. You follow me. Stay close and low. Keep an eye on what's behind us, I said. I crouched ready to move around the side of the car behind us to the footpath on the other side, when we heard coughing again. The two infected men that followed us from the pub were standing in the middle of the road, breathing heavy. Fuck, Davo whispered. One of them twitched and cocked his head to the side, triggered by the sound. We had to make a run for it. I signalled to Davo to be quiet and pointed towards a footpath, making a running gesture with my fingers. He shifted his weight, getting ready to move, when one of the light spheres appeared out of nowhere, directly above our heads. I wanted to scream or run or both, but my legs wouldn't move and the air was trapped in my lungs. Davo slowly looked up at the light. I don't think I'd felt true terror before. Not like that. I was paralysed by it. We both were. The infected men started moving towards us, drawn to the glowing light. The gore smeared across their bodies still wet and dripping. As they reached the parked cars they stopped, towering above us, swaying in rhythm with the light. Then, the light vanished, leaving the infected blinking in confusion for a moment before their awareness kicked back in and they looked down at us. The one closest to me broke into a fit of coughing and beat at its own chest savagely. As its breathing settled, he lurched towards us. I gripped my knife, ready to slash at his blackened hands when someone out in the street whistled as if calling to a dog. The infected man turned away for a moment, distracted by the sound. Bam! The blunt finality of a gunshot clapped and snapped us out of our paralysis. The side of the infected man's head burst open as a bullet passed through him and smashed into the headlight of the car in front, spraying teeth and skull fragments across the road. I leapt back into action and shoved the other infected man out onto the street as I got to my feet. Bam! Bam! Two more gunshots crippled him destroying his leg and ripping into his belly. He fell to the ground, writhing and howling. The gunslinger calmly walked up to him and fired a shot into his skull before turning the gun on us. I quickly raised my hands above my head. It's okay, we're not infected, I cried out. The gunslinger's face was hidden behind a respirator mask, goggles and wrapped in black cloth. A muffled but familiar voice crept out from underneath. Mr. Tom? What the fuck? Sadia? 
Davo grabbed my arm. We don't have time for this, look, he said. As the gunslinger turned to see what Davo was pointing at, I could see the boy strapped to her back in a makeshift sling. It was Sadia. Davo shoved me. We gotta fucking move, he yelled. As we turned and ran, I looked back. Several of the lights were leading packs of the infected out of the fog towards us, like the Pied Piper herding rats. It looked like there were hundreds of them. This way, I yelled to the others as we sprinted down the street. I pushed through the gate in a chain-link fence that led into the courtyard at the back of a row of buildings and slammed it shut as the others made it through. I looked around for something to jam the gate closed with. Sadia scrambled and ripped an old electrical extension cord out of a pile of rubbish on the ground nearby. I doubled it over and looped it through the links in the gate. Davo, I called out. The exit light above that door. I gestured with my head towards the second of two doors in the small courtyard. There should be a key. Davo ran over and felt along the top edge of the light. It was there. How the fuck? Open the door, man, I yelled. His hands shook as he tried to get the key in the lock. I tied another knot in the cord and ran over to the door just as Davo finally unlocked it and pushed it open. As he stepped into the doorway, a shovel swung out of the darkness and cracked him across the side of his head. He crumpled to the ground unconscious. Fucking hell, I whispered. Tom? said a voice at the other end of the shovel. Davo groaned as I started to drag him inside. Sadia held back, reluctant to follow. It's okay. I, I know these people, I said. A young woman sheepishly stepped out of the shadows and waved at Sadia, still holding the shovel in her other hand. Hi, she said. I'm Kel. Uh, sorry about the shovel? A guy about the same age stood behind her. Hey, he said. Uh, I'm Connor. Can you guys hurry up and close the door? I'm, I'm freaking out here. Kel and Connor ran a bike shop. The space we entered was the storeroom out the back, filled with stacked boxes of unassembled bikes, helmets, and other gear ready for the shop floor. The door through to the shop front was blocked by a heavy shelf, pushed over onto its side. Next to the door was a repair station, with rows of tools on a bench and a few bikes up on racks. Beyond that was a small kitchenette, with a table and chairs, and a ragged-looking couch. A couple of LED lanterns on the bench and table lit the space. I lay Davo down on the couch and turned to Sadia. How, how did you get down from the rooftop? I asked. She unfurled the cloth wrapped around her head and removed her mask and goggles. Help, here, she asked me, pointing to her son on her back. She turned around, and I held the boy under his arms as she untied the improvised sling she had made from her mother's scarf. He stared at me silently as he pulled his mask down under his chin. Sadia took him from me and hugged him tightly to her chest. Here, Kel said, pulling out one of the chairs from the table for Sadia. She accepted the offer and sat with her son on her knee. He whispered something in her ear. Food? Sadia asked. Water? Kel walked over to the sink in the kitchenette. 
No water. Check this out. She turned on the tap. It gurgled and clunked a few times before spitting black liquid into the sink. She quickly switched it off. Shit, I mumbled. Connor walked over to a stack of boxes near the wall and pulled out a few bottles of sports drinks and a couple of display boxes full of protein bars and trail mix. We've got plenty of these though. Help yourselves, he said, placing them on the table. The boy looked at Sadia to make sure it was okay. She nodded to him. He opened one of the boxes and ripped into a chocolate protein bar. The slightest hint of a smile crept into the corner of his mouth. They were infected in the stairs. The, the fire escape was blocked. How did you get down? I asked again. Sadia stared at the table for a moment. No jump, she said. Bad idea. She picked up the display box and placed it on its side on the table, opening and closing the flap on top like a door. Rooftop, yes, she said. I understood. The box was the door to the stairs. The table was the rooftop. She picked up one of the drinks, pointed at it and then at herself and her son, indicating that the bottle represented them. She reached inside and marched the infected protein bars out of the door and onto the roof. The boy growled as they emerged. Then she swiftly moved the bottle around and into the stairwell, slamming the door shut behind it. It was an elegantly simple trick. They were in the stairs. The infected were trapped on the roof. No jump, she said again. You watch too many movies, Mr. Tom. I looked down at my wounded hand and felt pretty foolish. She reached behind her back and pulled out the gun she had used on the street, placing it on the table. Police car, she said, pointing outside. No one in it. I shook my head as I took it all in. I never thought I'd see them again. I am very happy you are here, I said. You saved us out there. She just smiled politely and nodded. Should we try and wake this guy up? Connor asked me. He's probably got a concussion from Kel smacking him so hard. Kel shoved him. Shut up. I didn't know it was Tom. Shit, of course, I said, walking back over to Davo on the couch. I shook him a little trying to wake him. Davo, mate, you gotta wake up. He didn't even stir. He's had quite a bit of alcohol as well, I told the others. Connor grabbed one of the sports drinks and dribbled some of the cool liquid onto Davo's face. At first there was no reaction, but after a moment, his eyes flicked open and he groggily looked around. Which one of you fucking pricks hit me, he said, rubbing his face as he sat up. Kel slowly raised her hand. Um, that'd be me. Sorry. Davo looked her up and down. Nah, you're right, love. I'd have done the same. You got a hell of a swing on you, though, he replied. How are you feeling, mate? I asked him. Disappointed, to be honest. I was hoping all this shit was just a bad dream, he replied. Disappointed and my fucking face hurts. I laughed, relieved that he seemed to be okay. 
Dovo looked around the storeroom. What the fuck is this place? He said. Uh, it's a storeroom for our shop. Uh, I'm Connor, this is Kel. Dovo nodded. He looked at me. And you knew the key was there because... Tom and Susie used to lease the shop next door, Kel answered him. Dovo kept looking at me. Susie's your wife? He asked. I nodded. Got it, he said. <clears throat> and grunted as he got to his feet. He walked over to the door we had entered from and shook the handle. How secure is this place? He asked. Connor shrugged. Uh, A car came through the shop front window when things went crazy outside. Some of those freaks were hanging off the roof trying to attack the driver. We came out here and blocked the door off. Things have been pretty quiet out there for a while now though. Davo came back over and sat at the table. He started to roll a cigarette but noticed the boy watching him and put the pouch of tobacco back in his pocket. (sighs) After seeing those lights out there, he said thoughtfully, I remembered some stories I heard back when I was working as a jackaroo on cattle farms up in North Queensland as a young fella. I sat back at the table opposite him. A couple of the stockmen were telling us about seeing weird lights out in the backcountry at night, moving around in ways that weren't natural. Sometimes a few of the cattle would be found dead in the morning, with bits of them missing. Not like a wild dog or something got them. They reckon there was no blood or tracks on the ground. And the parts that were missing, they looked like they'd been removed, like surgically? Really neat, you know. He looked around us all, fishing for a reaction, but no one said anything. He continued, I thought they were just talking shit, trying to freak us out. But what if it's true? What if all them stories about people getting abducted and animals getting mutilated and shit are real? What if some fucking ET bastards have been experimenting on us this whole time, trying to figure out how to do this to us? Infect us with the perfect virus. It just makes us fucking destroy ourselves. The room was silent for a moment. Then Connor leant forward onto the table. What lights? He asked. The words had barely left his mouth when we heard screaming coming from outside, followed by the jarring percussion of bodies slamming against a chain-link fence. Davo looked up at Connor. You'll see.
at Jasper St. Auburn West, 2020. All rights reserved.